Hey there, Koejo here, and I understand that running your own Facebook ads can be quite complicated and intimidating, and yet, at this point, you're not ready to hire out Facebook ad management. So, if this is you, I can teach you how to run your own Facebook ads. One-on-one, -on -one, unlimited support over the next 28 days. We will have three Zoom calls, and in between those calls, you get all the support and all my strategies I will audit your graphics, your ad copy, make sure that you're set up the way that's working best for my clients. We'll take care of all the analytics. I will coach you step by step how to troubleshoot ads, how to know when to scale, and how to read all the signs so that you're equipped to run successful lead magnet campaigns and profitable sales campaigns and registration campaigns for your launch or what have you. If you need this kind of support from me right now, then click the link in the show notes below. It's the art of online business forward slash call. I've been doing this all along, but now the offer is just focused on helping you run your successful ad campaign within the next 28 days and the next five people get a pretty nice discount. All right, the link is in the show notes below. Back to the episode. Kind of like this merry-go-round that was high intensity and it was thrilling and exciting, but I really felt like a, a lot like a day trader. And mm. if, you, if you take your eye off the ball, uh, the ball can smack you in the face when you're buying a lot of traffic. This is the show where I bring you the best tips, tactics, and strategies for using paid traffic to grow your business on autopilot. You also hear what's working and not working right now from the top minds in online marketing so that you can get more leads and sales every day without having to empty your wallet in the process. All right, let's jump into it. Hey, hey, what is up, everybody? Rick Mulready here, and welcome to episode number 30 of the Art of Paid Traffic podcast. How's it going? Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Really appreciate you turning in, tuning into turning tuning into the podcast here. Really excited to welcome James Shramko to the show. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with who James is, he's the founder of superfastbusiness.com, which is a business that teaches you how to quickly make your business more profitable. A little bit meta, right? A little bit meta there. He's got a great story having come from being a car salesman at a BMW dealership to having an uber successful online business. And his online business has had different iterations to over the years to what it is today, which you're going to hear James talk all about today. Now, I invited him on to the show here because I knew he'd offer a different perspective on paid traffic. And my goal here with the show is to give you ideas and viewpoints and strategies around paid traffic. And James definitely offers a different one for you here today. In his business, James has fine-tuned a system for marketing his content without the need for paid traffic. Well, you know, James does invest in it, but not in the traditional sense. So I'm going to be putting paid traffic in air quotes here. And, um, you know, he's done it in a, in a, in a non-traditional sense that we, in what we generally talk about it here on the show. And he's going to teach you his methods today. So in addition to all that, you're going to learn how and why James moved away from affiliate marketing where he was spending upwards of $7,000 a day on paid traffic to a more systematized and focused approach towards content marketing and how this shift has dramatically 
improved his way of life. We get into how he sold hundreds of seats to his live events at $1,000 a pop without using any paid traffic campaigns. He shares how he defines the word paid. Again, we're going we're gonna to put paid in air, air quotes here. When it comes to marketing your content with paid traffic, and it's probably now, it's probably not what you think. He shares his exact process and systems for how he's created a content marketing machine in his business. He breaks down all the roles in his team and why he calls them his octopus team. And he shares tips for how to take a step back from your business so that you can have a lifestyle that you enjoy. Really interesting discussion here with James today and one that I think is going to offer you a different viewpoint on paid traffic. All right, let's go hang out with James. All right, James, thanks so much for joining me here on the uh, Art of Paid Traffic. Thanks, Rick. Great to be here. Absolutely. So we were talking a little bit before we get going here and and hit the record button about uh, let's kind of take people back a little bit and sort of move them forward to what you're doing right now. You used to be doing a lot of paid traffic on a daily basis, more on the affiliate marketing side. And now you're doing a lot more. You kind of shifted away from that and have a, a really good process down for your content marketing and I want to kind of talk about that, but let's first sort of go back to when you were doing a lot of paid traffic on the affiliate marketing side. What did, what did that really look like for you in, in your business? Uh, it was a pretty simple model. And I, had, uh, I was basically looking for offers that I could convert and make a profit on, and then I'd drive as much traffic as I could to that offer. So I had a large spreadsheet on this big piece of paper, and every day at 2 o'clock, I'd pull it out and I'd go and log into all of my different accounts and I'd see how they were performing. And I was using everything from Google AdWords to AdBright to 7Search um, and all sorts of other little micro search engines, PPC, um, March Hare. There was all these different providers. This is about eight years ago. Okay, and it was like a daily routine. You really had to keep an eye on it, and uh, and I was using Content Network as well back then. Uh, Facebook, uh, there was sort of startups that were that have come and gone since, and I was also using CPV like Traffic Vance. Okay, so wh- I mean, what it obviously was working pretty well for you because you did that for you did that for a while, right? I mean, was that were you just by yourself, or do you have a team working for you? It was just me, and I knew all the ins and outs of each of the platforms and I was spending up to $7,000 a day in traffic uh, and, and I was feeling like I was really at the pointy end of the stick. Uh, it was intensely competitive though. I mean, I'd wake up one day and I'd find that someone's replicated my entire AdWords campaign like they're, they're bidding against me on the same phrase exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the main problem that I had was that I sold so much of this product that I was promoting that they went broke, they actually couldn't fulfill and they had to refund a lot of their sales and then they left me short for the last few commissions. So I lost a, f- a fair bit of money at the end. So it was kind of like this merry-go-round that was high intensity and it was thrilling and exciting but I really felt like a, a lot like a day trader and mm. if, you, if you take your eye off the ball, uh, the ball can smack you in the face when you're buying a lot of traffic. Yeah, yeah. Is that why you kind of shifted out of it? Well, I recognize that it's really not that, uh, it's not really that passive and it's not that leveraged of my time because it's uh, such high intensity mm-hmm. and it felt short term and I really wanted to build more long term element to my business. So mm-hmm. at the same time as 
making sure that I was promoting recurring offers and building my own products and services. Uh, that was you know, one way to fix it. And the other way to fix it was to uh, diversify my traffic methods. Now, I've tried pretty much every traffic method you could ever imagine from designing the software for, to use as browsers to um, having classified ads, YouTube videos. I've tried so many different things and what I found, uh, and even having my own affiliate program, mm-hmm. what I found was that I like doing the content marketing. It's something easy for me. It's really sustainable. It's evergreen and it's uh, very efficient. And my whole marketing cost for the business is probably something like $3,000 a month to drive uh, all the sales that we make. And that's really just employing a team to help me process the content. Okay. So let's, say, let's, let's, let's take people through that. So that, that's for superfastbusiness.com, I'm assuming? And uh, Silver Circle, yes. Okay. So about three grand a month. Kind of take us through. So you've kind of shifted out of the affiliate business, moved into really focusing on your own sites and the content marketing process for that. What does that process look like for you? For me, it looks really simple. I just create a piece of content and give it to the team in the Dropbox. <laughs> you have your team do everything for you. Like, for example, we might be talking today about traffic. Mm-hmm. I would take my side of the recording, put it in Dropbox, and probably in a week from now, I'll end up with an infographic on the top 10 tips for driving traffic to your business or why content marketing is a great traffic method. They'll come up with some angle from it. They'll just bullet point the recording, turn that uh, into an infographic, and then they'll send it to me, and then I'll just read it as a podcast. So th- then they will take the podcast, top and tail it, uh, put it up to our iTunes, publish it on our blog, and then transcribe it and put an opt-in for people to get the PDF version of the transcription, make the, PD- make the infographic shareable. And when it's published, I'll then just syndicate it to my social media and email list. And that's pretty much the entire process from start to finish. So the important part of that, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, is, is putting that initial process in place and having a very clear, I know you're very systems oriented, so having that very clear system in place. Yeah, I would equate it to having train tracks. It's really just like building a train station between San Diego and Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. That once that thing's built, you know, all that infrastructure's built, it's really easy just to roll that train back and forth. And that's the system part of it. And it is a one-time setup. Once you get it going, you don't have to be involved in it that often. And what I found is having a few people in the team, they can cross-train. Uh, if someone needs to leave, you can add someone in and they can be trained within the team. Mm-hmm. And this is really a replication of what I used to do back in the automotive industry and the Mercedes-Benz dealerships with sales teams and service teams. It's just getting a recruitment process, standard operating procedures, and telling people what result you want and then refining that system. And then you can step away from it to a large extent when it's working properly. So take us through what, what roles you have of the people who are doing these, doing these tasks here. What types of roles are they playing? Uh, the main roles, uh, one would be like a project manager slash VA type person who's the closest to you in terms of just uh, serving up, you know, things for approval and uh, coordinating, you know, who you can give instructions for the whole team. You know, what, what say I want to change the minimum standard for what our graphics should look like, I might give that person the instruction and it will be passed on. Mm-hmm. You'll typically have a designer on board. And this is one area where most businesses severely miss 
the point. Uh, but design is absolutely critical now. You've seen companies like Apple use design to dominate and you want to have an onboard designer who can standardize your designs and roll it across everything you do, everything from whether you print T-shirts through to your website logo. Mm-hmm. So you have a designer, you'll have uh, a content person who's good at writing who could transcribe and to write bullets and to do call to actions. They might have a basic copywriting uh, understanding as well, how to make compelling curiosity bullets, um, how to entice someone to click through without giving away the story. Then you'll have, uh, in my team, I've got a webmaster who just works on superfastbusiness.com and her whole job is to look after the site. You know, when we add products or pages to update the theme, to make the f- site run fast, to keep the server working properly to um, make sure it works well on a mobile. So that's really good in terms of how we can format things. And then you'll generally have someone who's good at all of the uh, the cart-type functions, you know, the, the, the tech bits of integrating videos, emails, automation, sequences, tags, uh, CRM system, uh, looking after audios, etc. And then you might have an editor who does video and audio so they're the main sort of roles that seem to be involved in my publishing division. We call it our octopus team, and that's because we treat our blog like the head of the octopus, and every time uh, we're doing posts, we're trying to just build tentacles that bring people back to our site. So we're doing rich media, and we're putting it in different places, uh, especially things like infographics. There's opportunities to pin those and to put them onto infographic sites. And a lot of customers actually take the embed and put it on their own site and mm. curate it, doing this uh, business model that a lot of people have been taught, taking advantage of that. How are you measuring all this? Because if you're spending, obviously, there's a lot of effort there on, on your team's part. And if you're spending about $3,000 a month or so for, for the team, are you? how are you uh, measuring the success in the in the uh, output and the results of what this team is doing. So we measure our opt-in rate, okay. uh, how many people opt into the site. We measure how many uh, emails we're sending each month because that's an indication of how much we're publishing. And we measure unique visits to our site over 30 days. We also get a weekly report of how many podcasts are downloaded. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm getting my sales numbers. Sure. You know, rev- revenue is driven from our content marketing. It's there's quite a clear correlation. If we want to sell more of a particular product or service, then we highlight those aspects in our content. So if we want to sell WordPress websites because we have a team that does that, then they'll work closely with the website team and we'll talk about uh, website design themes for 2015 mm-hmm. and then we'll publish an infographic on that. If we want to sell SEO services, we'll talk about uh, an on-page optimization guide. So we can tailor our content around the sort of topics that our audience are interested in. Now, you, you've done, uh, obviously, we talked about, you've done paid traffic in the past when with the affiliate stuff. You have this great process in place for your content marketing. Are you using any kind of paid traffic at this point to to further amplify that content? Or is this is this system working so well for you that you really don't need to be making that investment? You definitely don't need to do anything else if you do the content marketing well. Mm-hmm. I do amplify it a little bit. I think probably the the easiest way to do this is to put a remarketing cookie on your website and to, at the minimum, just follow up people who hit your shopping cart 
page, but don't buy. Sure. So you can have a, a cart abandonment follow-up, mm-hmm. which is very simple to do. And it also I can uh, turn this up a little bit when I run something like my annual live event. And from our annual live event, I think I spent something like $1,400 on Facebook ads just to people who have visited my checkout page and who were in my email database, mm-hmm. I think we sold around $30,000 worth of tickets to those people. <laughs> so it was a really good return on investment. Sure. Um, but aside from return on investment, which I think is probably a flawed metric, I worry more about straight profit because I think that's the ultimate metric. Mm-hmm. You know, people get uh, too focused on having a big ROI percentage, but it's irrelevant if it's only a small dollar amount. So I like to, to go for the the big wins. Sure, sure. Uh, but then if you want to start dialing it up too much, then you start to get into this administration problem I was talking about at the beginning of this podcast where you're spending so much time and energy formulating campaigns, coordinating with your advertising rep because obviously you don't want to be doing it yourself. You really you shouldn't be running your own AdWords or Facebook these days. Mm-hmm. It's far too specialized. So when we, when we have experts come and speak at my event, on these topics, their knowledge is so deep that uh, it would be silly to think that you could do that and run your business as well. Yeah, sure. Especially when the platforms change so much. So yeah. I would, I highly recommend hiring a specialist. And I hired a guy to do AdWords, and I've hired a guy to do Facebook uh, and a girls to do Facebook before. And and you'll get a much better result getting a professional if you can brief them properly and if they're competent. Uh, but in my case. I really don't want to be spending a whole lot of time uh, coming up with traffic campaigns and looking at all the metrics and shuffling the money around. Uh, It's much, much easier to have a very clean, simple, efficient system. And it's the same sort of advantage that I got when I let go of my affiliate program Mm -hmm. at way less administration, way less issues around brand degradation and way less fraud just when I just turned it off. And I'm actually happy to accept a little bit less sales with a lot less headache. And that's really when it boils down to running your own business. It's a consideration that I think a lot of business owners haven't put much thought into. And that is, what kind of business do you actually want? And I want a business that allows me to work not much more than 20 hours a week, that uh, lets me surf every day, that doesn't bring me stress and and strain, Mm -hmm. that I could sustain for the next decade. And for me, turning down a little bit of that paid leverage means that it's turned up my life quality a lot. That's such an important concept that a lot of people, including myself, I'll be honest with you, James, like, for, you know, it's very easy to forget that. You know, we started our own business. I left the corporate world at the end of 2012 to do my own thing. And, you know, you get, you can get very easily caught up in just working all of the time and sort of losing sight of, hey, wait a minute, why, why did I do this in the first place? You know, it's and- so common and I'll tell you, you know, one quick litmus che- test for people is to install rescue time on their computer mm. and just pay attention to the weekly report that it sends you. It's free and it'll show you where you spend your time. And if you're sort of disgusted by the amount of time you spend on some of the sites you're on, it might be a wake up call. And I can tell you, my business is so different now uh, than. Then uh, when I was the affiliate marketer, you know, logging in at two o'clock to see if I've blown a thousand bucks today or not, (laughs) Uh, you know, like one day I turned on the content network, the first day I turned that on and I'd spent an extra 3,800 overnight. Uh, Luckily, I made sales that corresponded with it, but quite often I'd let campaigns overrun or it was 
um, sending traffic to a dead page or, you know, you know the drill. And It's easy to burn money if you're not paying attention and, sure. and the amount of attention you have to put on paid traffic uh, is quite significant. It's, it's high stakes. So you can basically create a less stressful business and what I call my business is a low-pressure system. It's very low-pressure. It's easy to sustain. Now, I want to I I kind of finish off here with one question. You mentioned about the team there. If someone is not able to hire that many people right out of the gates here, you know, someone, you know, in this audience here, people generally, they've have a, they have a successful business going, they're looking to scale things, but maybe they're not at a place yet where they can add, you know, four or five people to their team. What are, maybe if you could only choose two people, in what roles would they be if you're, if you want to be adding just two people to the team to work on this content marketing process that you're talking about? Well, it might make sense for someone to just hire a service to do what I'm talking about, which is what we do for other people. Mm-hmm. If, they've, if they're budget conscious, they're maybe not approaching it the right way. I know like you, you can't be half pregnant on this, as uh, John Murillo would say. Two people won't really get you all of those skill sets, so you're going to have to be getting something else outside. And it could be as simple as just getting transcriptions outside from um, rev.com where you might pay a dollar a minute. Uh, it depends how much content you plan to produce. It depends what type of content. If you're going to be predominantly video or audio, mm-hmm. you really want an editor. I, I know all these podcasters who edit their own shows, and that's ludicrous. To, to sit back and listen to your own stuff for another hour or two is such a waste of time. So I would definitely say an editor because at the minimum you could publish a show with show notes, which could be just a few grabs from the show. Mm-hmm. You don't need to transcribe it. It's optional. And... Uh, if you don't have an illustrator, that's fine. Just take original photos with your iPhone or uh, we just don't put those cheesy stock photos of people shaking hands. I think the world's <laughs> had enough of those. Um, and I would get a virtual assistant or, or a project manager who is able to help you coordinate publishing of the posts and uh, getting a, an idea from you of the the way that you want the thing to be run. You've got to think of it like a publishing house and you wouldn't be doing, you wouldn't be out there rolling the machine and printing off the newspapers and loading the van. Mm, So there's no reason you would do that on, on your online business. So I would say any of the components that need to get done, I would look at how it could be anyone other than you. Uh, Given that you're probably doing the feature part, you're probably the podcast talent or the, the uh, content initiated but that also is able to be done by other people you could take guest post submissions you could then just hire someone to screen and review and edit content and to publish it for you the whole point is you can automate your publishing to a a high leverage point if you want to this has been a really interesting conversation james and i I love the the direction that it took because it's a little bit of a different angle than what we've been talking about um, here on the show. So, so thank you for that. Where can people, what's the best place for, or places for people to uh, connect with you online? I'd say given the nature of this show, go to ownTheRacecourse.com and just download the training that I have on how I set up my team because you can take bits from that. There's actually a, even a checklist of all of the things that we do in the business mm-hmm. and how you can come up with different content angles, et cetera. And uh, that would lead you eventually to superfastbusiness.com where you'll see the result of what we're talking about. And to put it in simple terms, I do view my content marketing as paid traffic, but the pay is going into wages, sure. not into external platforms. And with a, if you do what I'm talking about 
and you do paid campaigns, that is actually the future because uh, the people who I'm coaching in their businesses who used to be sort of straight Facebook advertising agencies are now combining content marketing, organic marketing with paid campaigns. And when you do this and you have very, very clever targeting and uh, extremely relevant landing pages and specific articles that address the challenges of your audience. Mm-hmm. It's very, very powerful and you don't, need, you don't need volume when you have good quality and that's why people with small email lists and relatively uh, untrafficked websites, if they're hitting the mark, they can do this on quite a low budget and it might always might be you in the beginning but the idea is to document everything you're doing and then to start handing it off to the team. Sure. Now, just real quick on that, on the, on the, like the Facebook ad agency example that you just mentioned, they're moving into the content marketing space and doing, you know, outside of just running ads, for example, are they creating content around Facebook ads for their audience? Or is it more of a, you know what, we're solving the problem of automating leads and sales for our customers. That's what we're producing content around. Well, one of my uh, students uh, was working with an account who had 26 Facebook accounts stopped for advertising. Mm, And her solution was quite simple. It's, well, hey, let's just take a different approach to this. Let's put put, uh, organic posts. Let's start content marketing to your Facebook audience, but we'll also combine it with your other social media, with your Twitter and your Pinterest and your blog posts, and we'll make this a concert of you know, a targeted approach and will boost them with different types of advertising options. And, you know, the types of options change all the time. And at some time you can promote posts. Now you can, I think, enhance videos, which is apparently the thing to do right now is to load your video to Facebook and then to boost that. Yep. Yep. But the whole point is it starts with good content. And that's why we dig deeper into their content. You'll see experts at my events, uh, like video marketing experts, talking about making documentaries and emotional sales pieces. And that's how I sell my live events: is just making a documentary and sharing that uh, through the content marketing channel. And that combined with my email list, which is just from my own blog, mm-hmm. we can fill a couple of hundred seats to an event at a thousand dollars a head, just without any actual campaign as such other than just organic revealing of content and uh, staying in touch with people via emails and a little bit of abandonment follow-up. Hmm. Is, there, is there a place where someone could see an example of one that you've done in the past? Or if they get on your email list, oh, they'll, in, uh, see you, they'll see it coming up for the next one. They will see that. But also inside Superfast Business Membership, mm-hmm. I've put the, I got the guy who helped me with my CRM system, Jake Hauer, and I yep. got Ryan Spanger who helped me with the video to come and present the case study. So they presented the case study of behind the scenes and that combined the email sequences with the videos and we actually reveal the entire campaign and that's available to members and they can join for as little as $79 a month. And that's a great example of uh, eating your own dog food or or, showing people how you're doing what you're doing and, and opening up and being transparent. And that is, I think, the most powerful way to be marketing. In fact, we had another presentation at that event where a guy has only been in the business for about two years and he's doing this for major corporations and helping them build video sales funnels that have sort of case studies and experiences that move customers through pre-purchase, purchase and post-purchase. And that's where the 
the conversions are through the roof, the results are stratospheric because it's a different approach than what everyone else is taking. And most people, most companies, if you sit down and they say, oh, yeah, we want to run some Facebook ads or we want to run some Google ads, and you ask them their budget and they might say, oh, yeah, we, you know, $500 a month. It's just <laughs> yeah. such a lame approach. It's right. just not the way to go anymore. Yeah. This has been really interesting. And I'm so glad, like, again, I'm so glad that even towards towards the end here, we took a, another direction. I love this conversation. It's such an important one. I'm going to go to your site right now when we're done here and, and opt in <laughs> and grab that as well. So we'll make sure to link that up in the show notes for today's uh, episode. But uh, James, thanks so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. This has been great. Oh, thanks, Rick. I really appreciate having me on this show. Absolutely. Hope you like this one with James today. It's an interesting talk. Always good to get different perspectives on how people view the role of paid traffic in their business. And, and as we heard from James, you know, paid, quote unquote, I'm doing the air quotes thing again here as I'm talking, you know, that means something different to James and, and it's really working in his um, business. So if you'd like to get in touch with James and get free access to his content marketing course, I've checked it out myself. It's very good. I've put all the links, including the transcript of today's show over on the show notes page, which is at rickmulready.com forward slash 30. That's the number 30. Also, shifting gears a little bit, as I mentioned at the top of the show, if you're looking to learn Facebook ads, if you're a total newbie looking to get started, maybe you're just now getting started building your email list and not getting a ton of traffic to your website, I've got a free streaming online workshop for you. It's called Facebook Ads for Beginners, How to Create Killer Facebook Ads on Less Than $10 a Day. Just go over to rickmulready.com forward slash newbies. That's N-E-W-B-I-E-S. Again, rickmulready.com forward slash newbies. And you can sign up there for a time that works best for you. All right. That's all for today's episode, my friends. I've got another great one coming up for you in episode number 31. We're rolling right along here. Until then though, keep testing your paid traffic to find what works for you and your business and then do more of what's working. And I'll see you in the next episode. the seven biggest mistakes that burn through course creators ad money i see these over and over and over again and i put them together in a mini email series this is not fluff each of the seven mistakes i also have a recorded video tutorial showing you inside of facebook ad manager how to fix those mistakes this is good solid and it will save you money or help you make more money with your facebook ads Click down in the show notes below. You'll see the link and you can go download it right now for free.